Welcome to 2.23am, a call to uncommon action. The 2.23am podcast interviews the rule breakers of business, those leaders and entrepreneurs who are creating enterprises that serve the well-being of all. We follow them on their journey, learn from their experience, share their trials and celebrate their success. Each year for several years we spend time with them, following the threads of their life and their 2.23am moments. I'm Christine McDougall. Today my guest is the wonderful troublemaker, Shakespeare lover, global nomad, and chief misfit of Misfit Inc, AJ Leon. I first interviewed AJ two years ago when, when what is now 2.23am was a twinkle yet to be birthed. So he is truly the first person on the 2.23am podcast to be sharing his journey over time. You will love this first interview. You can access the link in the show notes. In this episode, we talked about the misfit business model and its founding principles. AJ is building something quite extraordinary, a business that defies easy categorization, yet reflects the life of meaning and purpose and adventure that AJ set out to create. As usual, quotes from this episode, links, AJ's bio, etc., are all found in the show notes at www.blog.223am.com forward slash podcast. And a reminder that we are hosting a teleconference event with Dr. David Martin, who was our first guest on this current series. On December 15th, Australian time, that's the 14th in the United States, where, will he where he will introduce people to integral accounting and answer questions people might have about integral accounting. So for those of you who are really interested in a completely different way of accounting for value in the world, uh, you will really enjoy this uh, special webinar. And, uh, and once you sign up, you can get the recording as well. Please email me direct at christine at 223am.com if you need details. Oh, and if you love this podcast, please, please do go to iTunes and rate it as this really helps us get more exposure and listeners and, uh, and that's a really good thing. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I am with the one and only AJ Leon, who is the founder of Misfits Incorporated and also the best dressed in the world. <laughs> Welcome, AJ. <laughs> I'm glad to be with you, Christine. Yeah, so AJ is, uh, is uh, I think, is uh, making this recording from London. I am on the Gold Coast. It's very early in the morning here. And uh, the opening question, AJ, is uh, literally or metaphorically, what wakes you at 2.23 a.m.? <laughs> what wakes me at 2.23 a.m.? Um, God, so many things have woken me at 2.23 a.m. Um, usually, honestly, ideas... Um, ideas for for misfit and different things we can operate uh, different things we can incorporate into our into our company or into the work that we do and many times that i'll wake up and just uh 
and just jot something down because I think, oh my gosh, that's something else we could do, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, 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 you said many things. So what else? You know, because I know that you, I know that you have many interests. Um, so speaking to some of the things that might wake you that that uh, have an element of uh, perhaps um, heartache. Of heartache. Hmm. Heartache. Um, yeah, you know, as in, as in, because I know that you do quite a lot of humanitarian work as well, and there must be something that moves you to that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, there have been times. Well, very recently. I mean, one, one. I we're working on a project um, called Million Miracles with an organization called Sight Savers, which does 15-minute cataract surgeries. Um, that cost $50 and literally make the blind see. And the other day, you know, one of, not the other day, a couple months ago, we were having this initial conversation with them. And I remember, actually it was at night. It was, it was late, late, late at night. It kind of struck me. And I remembered, oh my gosh, there's this kid in Malawi that I had met four years ago on another humanitarian project who was like my little sidekick. And he, stuck around, he was, you know, local in a Keniche village, and he, but he stuck around me and hung, hung around me all the time. And, and I was cognizant of the fact that he had two cataracts in his eyes and, and couldn't see me. To, to him, I was just an ambiguous, you know, this kind of amorphous creature. Uh, and to me, he was the cutest kid in the world. And I just thought, good Lord, man, if I would have known back then for 50 bucks and 15 minutes away, I, I literally, I could have walked him to a clinic and I just, you know, you, I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, that's kept me up at night. I've, I've, uh, thought about that kid often. Yes. So, so tell me you, cause it's been a while since we've connected and, and, uh, in the show notes, I'll make, uh, the recording, uh, from, I don't know, about 18 months ago, I think we did that first recording and, yeah. uh, yeah, and and um, you know where I'm actually. You've been where I'm sitting recording this because I'm at my kitchen table. And so, it was so lovely. Oh we had we had cake. Yeah. We had cake yeah. which you made, homemade cake. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so tell me, tell me what, tell me what you're working on and your ideas and 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 so on because it has been a while. Um, and uh, I know that you um have you you spent the summer, um traveling the US with the Shakespeare tour and all of that sort of stuff. So just speak about where you're at if that if that's okay and, and what's percolating for you and, and uh where your um your your energy is being called to. Sure. Yeah. I mean I mean generally um I've been spending a lot of time lately planning uh twenty fifteen and, and and what kind of misfit is going to look like i mean right now I've been in a place where misfit has been growing uh exponentially i mean I, I, I effectively as you know christine i run a company that maps to my to my interests my personal interests so yeah. i usually get involved in things and projects which sometimes turn into you know organizations or lines of business that that are things that i'm particularly interested in. so right now you know, Misfit is almost 20 full-time people <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 you know, kind of looking at all the different sides of that. I mean, one side is our digital agency, which is, which brings in the lion's share of revenue for our company. Yeah. And, you know, we yeah. 
started to do a lot of great work around the world and, you know, working in the third sector and, and, and uh, travel and tourism sector and the sustainability sector and kind of figuring out how to create, how to continue to grow a digital agency that doesn't, you know, sell, sell itself, you know, like I'm not, so that yeah. the misfits aren't ever kind of working for McDonald's, you know, <laughs> like you don't yeah. see me, you know, producing micro campaigns for Coca-Cola or Diet Coke or something. Uh, right. And we haven't, but that's, that, that, you know, that's its own sets of, uh, of complexity. And, and obviously we also um, last year launched a Misfit Press, which is our craft publishing house. We now have two creative arts journals and, 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 and a book, and we're doing two new books next year. And, you know, just trying, we're doing, just trying to figure out distribution channels and, and, and digital and how does all that work, you know, because we're, we're a print, yeah. you know, it's a print book company. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of different things, you know, there's just a lot of different uh, elements of, of Misfit that have kind of been growing and have been trying to figure out exactly how to make it, um, you know, how to, how to make it work, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And so, so it's somebody who I take it uh, has probably way more ideas than life on earth. <laughs> yeah, 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 indeed. Indeed. How do you, um, how do you, how do you, uh, um, yes, let me see what the word is. Uh, sort of like, it's not control, but how do you um, move with a particular idea and, and, and not with another? Or, or, you know, what is that, what is that mechanism for you what, when you've got so much, uh, so, so much sure. possibility brewing? You know, how do you make the choices? That is a great question, Christine. And I think, I mean, there's there's two sides of that. There's me as an individual, and then and then there's kind of me as as part of a larger organization. As an individual, um, to me, creation the the act of making things is intoxicating. You know, I, I I and I think we all do. All of us creative creatives, you know, we love to make things. So many years ago, I tried to you know recognizing that like like all of us, like you too, you know that you know. You, I have all these interests, and I'm a, I'm, I'm an eclectic person. I, you know, of course, I like publishing, and and I want to do you know the humanitarian work, and I like the digital space, and I like the startup space. So I tried to create kind of frameworks that would allow me to express those different things in the real world. Uh, there are not enough hours in a day <laughs> for me to do all yeah. the things that I would like to do personally. But so the the, the real answer to your question is is a team. You know, that's, yeah. that's the answer. You know, it's, it's, I have some of the most amazing people on the planet that work for me now at Misfit, you know, and that, and that, and that have yeah. joined what started out as basically me and Melissa and Dino trading web design for bagels back in 2008. And, yeah. and, and 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 that has allowed me to you know as building building a strong team around kind of the vision of what Misfit is has allowed me to to branch out in all these different directions and and now not prohibitive prohibitive I mean next year we're going to be going you know launching into Misfit Films and we're you know and and that's but that's I'm bringing on a new team member to to help lead that um, process. And to lead that yeah. new, you know, what what will be a project and what may end up turning into a line of business or, you know, all the, you know, docu documentaries, all different types of things. Um, 
And that's the most important thing. But I think that's an important distinction probably for your listeners because, you know, we live in an age in the postmodern kind of, you know, millennial age. We live in a, we live in a time when um, the idea of being a freelancer or being um, or being a solopreneur is something that is uh, profusely venerated. Um, yes. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Assuming that's what you want, you know, assuming that's yeah. what you want. But there, there, you know, there are other people and there, there's some things that you literally cannot do as an individual. You need, you know, you need a group of people in order to do uh, simply because of hours in a day. Now, how you accomplish those things are, are, are you know, different, but uh, you can accomplish that through different strategies. But that is really, really important what you want. I mean, I, I do early on with Misfit, I wanted to build uh, a company that was important to me and to build, you know, to actually have a team of people that would stick together, hopefully forever, you know, that would yeah. we'd just be together to, into our old age. <laughs> and, and, and thus far, we, you know, we've maintained that. Um, yeah. But yeah. 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 So, so I, I, there's a couple of questions that I'd really like to sort of drill a little deeper into. Um, sure. And, and so one of those is, uh, have you articulated, I'm sure you can speak into them anyway, but have you sort of like clearly identified or articulated the founding um, uh, qualities and or principles of that, that, that Misfit holds as its central thesis? Um. I have not done so publicly. I will try to um, ramble through it right now for you, Christine, and, o- and only because I love you so much. Um, no, that's a great question. And, you know, I've always enjoyed so much talking to you because you're you're very insightful and you, you know, asking questions like that. For instance, you know, most people that I talk to focus on my story because that's what's interesting. Yes. You know, I left a job in yes. 2008 and, and that's, you know, so very few people you know, ever, ever go into misfit, although that's what I, you know, do. And and they see that too, you know? Um, So that's a great question. Um, And to be honest, in a way, and this is, you know, last, last conversation you and I had got very, very deep. I remember we were, we were entering some new, you know, kind of just psychological. It was really interesting. And, and, uh, you know, I think for, for a large majority of, of my life or, or the last six years, I probably haven't talked about the principles of Misfit um, as a company because for a long time, I wondered whether the Misfit experiment would work out, you know, I mean, whether it was actually going to work. And, it, and it's not until recently that I've in the last year that I've looked back and said, OK, like it worked, you know, like you're going to yeah. be. This, this is a real deal. Well, it's this working. Is, it's right, it's working. right. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and but that's an you know that's an odd thing when you go beyond like when you when you kind of circumnavigate the gee are you gonna you know like hey you're having fun and and you're kind of you've got this little thing that's a, that's an assemblage of projects to wow this is you know we we did it we we rounded this corner and now. Yeah. You know, this is a real deal and, and you can talk about frameworks and stuff. So I've started yeah. to formulate a little bit of that. Um, I think the the core principle, you know, there's a few core principles and I'm and I, honestly I'm gonna completely ramble through this. So so That's okay, me. that's okay, um, okay. Rambling's good. 
um, I think you know certainly primarily is that this company from its from its onset is uh, I you know I, I wanted to change the world as its vision and that's vague but that's important because it means that profitability takes um, takes the passenger seat um, yes. in most in, in most every decision uh, and I yes. think that's rare um, yes. in obviously in any capitalist sense that's rare for for you to look at yes. it I mean number one uh, with with Mr. One, our, kind of our first principle is that I, I wanted to, well, when I set out to build this company, I, I wanted to build a company around the life that I actually wanted to lead. And yes. and that's that's different as a, you know, because most of the time, you know, a lot of colleagues of mine, you, know, you start a new company because you have a new idea. And then because of that idea, because of the market potential or the potential to change the world, whatever that, you know, you, 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 you're leaving because of an idea and you're going to start this thing. Whereas I was, a, I evacuated a life plan going horribly wrong. And I yeah. started with nothing. I was completely vacant and I had to find myself. I spent about six to nine months art, trying to articulate through writing a notebook to myself, you know, letters. I, I wrote letters to the younger version of myself and through that cathartic process where I was basically eating cats in Tompkins square park, I, I, I started to figure out who I was. And once I started to put, you know, rebuild myself and understand or re, re um, kind of introduce myself to the younger me, to the dreamer um, before I had gone into banking and, you know, this, this, yeah. this lifestyle that, that had completely d- destroyed me uh, that, you know, so I wanted to, to build a business that was, built around the life I wanted to lead. And what that meant is I wanted to build a business of purpose and meaning and adventure. Um, so that meant a few things. Um, but more importantly, it meant that profitability takes a passenger seat. And that is, that's rare in any capitalist sense. That is, that's absurd. You know, you make decisions based on profit margin and maybe sometimes ideals play into it, but I wanted to ensure that, um, that everything that we ever did at Misfit uh, was something that I could be proud of. And in fact, anytime I've hired a new employee, of which I have 20 now, the first, you know, when I hire them, and it takes a long time to be a Misfit with a capital. I mean, we work with contractors and all that, but to be an actual employee of Misfit, it takes a long time for me to bring somebody in because I feel the weight of that responsibility. But my promise to them is you will never, ever work on anything in this company that you're not proud of. Um, Yes. And, and, and that was something that was um, incredibly important to me. So whether that is in our agency and making sure that, you know, we work in industries that align with our ethos, we only work in travel and tourism, in, in the sustainability sector, and in the third sector. Some tech, tech, you know, work with people that we really dig that are doing really interesting projects or, you know, to our humanitarian work where we, you know, do pro bono, bunch of pro bono work with NGOs that that raise less than a million dollars um, a year to to our conference where we keep it deliberately small instead of running a two or three thousand person conference which we easily could we we keep it small and handcrafted and and those are that are completely and utterly uh, perpendicular to to what one should do as a business person which is uh, make as much money as humanly possible Um, secondly you know, somebody the other day I was, I was uh, doing a lecture at, at Oxford University, um, 
about the misfit and that was the first time I'd, i think i'd ever given a talk on just misfit um as a business kind of our business principles and our ethos and and how how it has worked and how i've kind of built this business and at the end of it you know somebody asked me um a great question he, he's you know we're in the saeed school of entrepreneurship and it's a social entrepreneur center and he said would you consider yourself the social entrepreneur uh and i kind of just thought about that for a second i said you know what I'd actually consider myself a socialist on entrepreneur and, right. and he kind of shocked, you know, looked at me and it was a bit of shock, but you know, what, what I meant by that was from, you know, most uh, companies are created to serve the founder. You know, they, yes. they are, I found a company, I took the risk, thereby I get the payoff. Um, yeah. which is fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I operate in a capitalist world. I totally get it. But for me, that just because I lived that life, I mean, I, I did that, that, that I wanted, that wasn't something that I wanted. So from the very beginning, you know, missed it is, is there's an implied leadership structure. It's like Arthur Knights around the table, but the, the company doesn't serve me uh, in the same way financially as it would serve others. For instance, I pay, myself no more than 20% of the lowest, no, no more than 20% higher of the lowest person on staff, um, yes. adjusted for uh, cost of living, of course, because we have employed people across the world. Um, but that, that's something that's different. You know, that's something that's different. Every, and anything that we get into and misfit, everybody, ben we all benefit together as, as an organization. Yes. Um, yeah. today I am the seventh highest paid person in my own company, you know, as the founder and CEO. And, uh, right. and I love that, you know, uh, but that has been baked in from, from day one. Um, yes. Yes. and, and then also yeah. to, you know, to, yeah. to, to do things that amuse me, you know, and, and that, that would probably be the third principle. And I always tell people that, you know, I, I, any any new kind of line of business or, or, or work we get into in Misfit, whether it makes sense to other people or not, and most people early on, they say, oh, you're doing too many things. You have to be good at one thing and get really good at it. And then you can, you know what, maybe that's true. And maybe, I, you know, we just got lucky. I don't know. But at Misfit, you know, that's why it's hard to define what we do because it's basically – you know, a name and a community with in it with with about six different businesses and 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 a foundation that extend from it, and yeah, you know, that again is completely ludicrous compared to the advice that we're all given, which is, you know, the factory advice of of you know get really good at doing this one thing and then just make it as efficient and as effective as possible, and then if you and then maybe move on, but. I just have too many kind of <laughs> interests for that. And so does everybody, you know, at Misfit, we're just like really eclectic people. So I think that's, I mean, I feel like I'm rambling, but I feel like that's a no, long no, answer to a short question. No, it's a great, it's a great way to answer it as well. And so, so do I, do I understand from circling back to the, how many ideas that you have and so on, that a, a, sort of a, a fairly standard process is, is in your idea making um, that you take your ideas to your team or the relevant um, people on your team and uh, and um, because of the, the nature of the people that you've hired um, they're probably more likely to match your your ethos um, leadership and what you've just described around misfit and so um, but they're kind of like the the uh, um, if if one of your ideas is really seen by a team as no, that's not going to work, or 
our light's not going on here. Or is that how you work it? Is that sort of? Yeah. It's, it's a it's a but, collaborative process. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 absolutely a collaborative process, and and basically, yeah. I mean, today at Miss, for instance, and I'll just you know, Melissa, who is my wife, and and also my you know a business partner. You know, most people, I think they would assume that, oh, Melissa is, 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 is you know, people have actually said this, Melissa has almost stabbed him in the face, um, <laughs> that, that <laughs> Melissa's, you know, AJ's, you know, help, kind of helpmate or somehow like my executive assistant or something. And she is most certainly not. I mean, Melissa, yeah. for Misfit, Melissa is, you know, the, she, she runs the agency. She's the vice president of client relations, product development and, and innovation. I mean, she does a yeah. lot. So, and then Jesse, who I don't know if you met in person, but Jesse White is, you know, she's, she is my absolute left arm. She runs Misfit uh, Press. She runs all of our humanitarian projects and any strategic partnerships with Misfit, including the project that you mentioned at the top of, you know, the Shakespeare project that we ran, uh, that we did this summer and many of those. And Dino's are, you know, my director of engineering and SIBO. As is uh, our creative director, so that you know, and that and and the the broader element, you know, elements of our team. Yeah, when I mean, it, usually the way it works is uh, as as the the kind of just, just by the nature of who I am, I'm always going to come up with ideas. You know, I'm, I'm always going to yeah. have ideas as I as I meet people. As you know, like you too. You know, you you just kind of jot things yeah. down. You always have. And I wanted, I've kind of created this structure at Misfit where um, there's always room for innovation. There's always room for a quote unquote yes. R&D, you know, and yes. I will effectively take those ideas. We just spent, you know, two weeks together, me and just here out to England and Stratford-upon-Avon and did what we call a sprint. So we often do these sprints and sprints are times when we just focus on like, okay, what are we, like strategy? What are we doing? What what are we doing wrong? Let's kill our darlings. Let's let's look at 2015 and kind of, you know, reanalyze each line of business that we're yeah. in. What else? What are some missed opportunities? And then at that point, you know, those those projects are getting handed off to to Melissa and Jesse to to kind of take forward, take down the field with their teams, you know, and, and then they're working with their teams to execute those. Um and then I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking either for new opportunities or tightening the bolts on different things we could do at, at Misfit. And, but yeah, that's how it works. It's very, it's very collaborative, yeah. you know, and, and, and yeah. I'm not autocratic yeah. with things, you know, I'll, if I have an idea and it's a bad idea or, you know, it just won't work now. I mean, you put people around you, you trust and, and I want to hear that, you know, from, I, yeah. you know, I want to, I want to hear that from my, from my crew, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, and so um, so if you can uh, if you can say a little bit about um, the uh, the adventure and and this this love of Shakespeare, you know that's oh, actually before we go there, can, just speaking into this a little bit more, and feel free not to answer this question if you don't want to. But you have a sure. very different business model, which you've you've already mentioned, and so the business model is um, as you said. Uh, where um, profitability takes the passenger seat. Um, yeah. But you also indicated that sort of like the digital agency is is the um, 
is the uh, often the avenue that allows you to do some of these things. I have a, a very good friend and colleague who has um, a, a business that he's uh, probably ninety percent of his time is on non-profit um, work, but there's this core business that enables him to do that. Is that kind yeah. of what you're talking about? I, is that is that where you have a, a core business that allows you then to stretch your wings and play and also do things like the um, Million Miracles, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yes. So they're early on, uh, back in when I, when I started uh, kind of reinventing my life from scratch and when we were seriously trading web design for bagels, one thing that I recognized is that you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big student of history, Christine. So yeah. I yeah. I looked at the industrialists and, you know, the, 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 the guys like Rockefeller back in the early early 1900s, late, late 1800s, um, that were building out New York City. And yeah. the thing that gave those people uh, power or potence is that they could build things. They could, they wouldn't just talk about an idea or a building or a new, you know, or neighborhood. They would actually have the ability, the, the funding, everything to build it. Um, so back then, back in 2008, I wanted, I saw obviously, you know, the web and, you know, this sounds normal today, but in 2008, you know, this is a newish type of thing. Not that the web was new, but our, our lifestyle, all of us that we talk, you know, yeah. our, this little crew of people, like this is not possible for any of us, right? Um, yeah. And I wanted to build the, I wanted to have the capacity to build things. So I invested hugely into learning uh, user interface, user experience, design, engineering. And that started with cobbling together, you know, WordPress sites for you know barters of and that was seriously our first few websites were literally bartering to obviate our costs so make it you know yeah. we made a deal with a coffee shop to give us free coffee and bagels so so that we could eat uh make a deal yeah. with a uh local B&B &B so we could stay there during their low season during the winter so we could have a place to stay while we were nomading around and through that process, we cut our teeth. But I always had my eye on like developing this core competency and being able to build things because then no matter what idea I had, it wouldn't be limited. You know, I, yeah. I saw the limitation as if I can't build it, I need somebody else to make it for me, then, then I'm limited, right? But if I house it and I build a team around it, that's our core. So that's where it started, you know, and I didn't, even at the time, I probably didn't know what a quote unquote digital agency, creative agency was. I had no idea. You know, I, I mean, I came yeah. from finance and not tech finance. I mean, I came from real estate yeah. finance. I mean, it was 2008, obviously. Uh, so I knew I, I knew fuck all about any of this. And yeah. but as I navigated through the world and, and, and this world and we got better at design and engineering, I started to realize, wait a second, you know, wow, you can you know, this is this is a service and this is not just for small businesses, medium sized businesses. If you get good at this and you get, you know, you can you can really do this at a, at a serious level. So I, you know, we've, we've missed it. Our creative agency, our digital agency has uh, since the beginning funded, you know, that has been the way that we fund yeah. um, most of our other work. Uh, it's not just our humanitarian work. It gives us also the seed capital to be able yeah. to launch a publishing house or yeah. uh, to launch Twi Twigift, which is a web application 
inside of what we call Misfit Labs, which is, you know, our kind of startup, you know, next year we're getting into WordPress themes and we can, I can spend a lot of time designing and engineering all that, uh, that type of stuff, which all costs money because of, you know, the digital agency. But some of these like Twitgets is starting to turn into it's a, a serious business in its own right. And right. yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes a that, lot of sense. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. right, So so tell me, yeah, go ahead. One, one last thing I was going to say, sorry, I I think we might be on a little delay, but it was, uh, you know, early in one of our early humanitarian trips, I took a, I took, we took a trip to Northern Kenya and I was hanging out with um, some farmers outside of Isiolo in a village called Gambella. And and it was really fascinating to me some of the, like the way that the successful because even when you're in you know the third world and you're in kind of third world villages in sub-Saharan Africa you can still see gradients there's still economic gradient there it's not just uh, abject poverty and then wealth uh, just like in our yeah. society you know you have you have, yeah. you have entrepreneurs all across the spectrum all the way to and as you saw that, you know, I saw with the farmers, there were there were successful farmers, you know, like the Donald Trump of Gambella Village, and then there were less okay. successful farmers. But the more successful farmers, I noticed they did something that was really fascinating to me. And and I, I was talking to this farmer about about this strategy, and what he said is, you know, basically you have cash crops, which are onions and tomatoes, and those you know are going to sell in the marketplace because since time immemorial, people in that area have been buying in copious amounts because of the recipes that they use in Northern Kenya, tomatoes and onions. So most of your acre will be spent on tomatoes and onions, like 80% of of that acre, but 20% when you line lining your, your acre of land, uh, he, he would line it with exotic um, fruits and vegetables, things that the market hadn't seen, mangoes, papayas, uh, bananas, because you never know. He was just planting seed in different things. Now, maybe, he wouldn't, you know, it's a small bet. So, like, if, if he ends up, you know, if, if no one buys them or only half of his bananas or mangoes or papayas get sold, well, you know, at least it was a bet. But if he brings something new into the market and all of a sudden finds a way or an area or maybe distributes to Nairobi or something where people start to enjoy this, all of a sudden that one bet, little bet, could end up buying him a whole new acre of, of papaya. Yeah. And that strategy kind of opened my mind as I realized, wait a second, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, so all of a sudden, you know, we have obviously our cash crops, which is our digital agency. But even that for me, I didn't, I, I wasn't allowed, I, w- I would never allow that to remit itself from the ideals of misfit. So even there, we're working yeah. with, you know, so like the third sector and sustainability and some great folks. Um and things that align with our ethos as a company, but it has permitted us the ability to make these little bets in, in publishing and, mm-hmm. and in, in innovation and with our conference and all this type of stuff. Yes, yes. That's a, I, I really like that, uh, um, the, the, the observation of the gradient. So, so what, are, what are the, since we last sort of spoke, what are the um, one or two things that you have learnt the most, you know, the things that have gone, okay, this has been a big lesson, a worthwhile maybe, um, you know, often lessons are not not particularly pretty, um, but sometimes they can be. What are the, what are the sort of like the outstanding things for you? Let's just look at, say, this last year. 
Oh, goodness. <laughs> you always ask such great <laughs> questions, Christine. I'm like, it actually, you know, forces me to be so pensive. And I'm like, wait a second. What have I learned? I mean, I've learned a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodness yeah. gracious. Um, you know, I mean, I've learned, I've learned a few things, I guess. I think, I've, you know, learned about myself. Um, I, I'm a nomad. You know, so I'm a gypsy, and the way that I set up Mister from the very beginning was to allow me and Melissa the ability to be who we are, which are which are you know adventurers and travelers. Um, I've also found out about myself, and 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 I guess I never knew this in the past is that I I really am intoxicated by local communities as well, even though I'm a gypsy and I'm a nomad. Once I get into a place that I love, a fit, you know, a geographical area, I yeah, want yeah. I want to invest into it. You know, I want I and there, yeah. and 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 I found a lot of people that follow me or the Misfits. They're like, oh, well, you know, what if we can't travel around the world like you and Gypsy around the world like you? And you know, can we make a difference? And 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 I always say, of course you can. You know, I mean, make a difference in your town. That's be- that's a beautiful thing to do. Um, yeah. and, and I've started to actually do that. Even Misfit in our, gyp- in our gypsy kind of spread out all over the world. Fargo, for instance, where we produce our conference. And it was just, you know, originally two years ago, I said, okay, we're going to produce a conference in Fargo because I love that town. I think it's a great town. And then, you know, MisfitCon is going to be like the, like the Misfits and like me. You know, it's going to be a gypsy conference. So it's going to move from city to city to city. And then... I did, I, after after we did it in Fargo, I met so many lovely people there, and I love the town, and everybody's so supportive. It's kind of like the Gold Coast in a way, you know. It's like it's yeah. got that community vibe where you can, you know, you actually can meet people in a coffee shop, and 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 people support one another. And, and then I was like, God, yeah. I I really don't want to leave. <laughs> I want to do this yeah. again yeah. here. So then we brought, you know, I I I unlike what I had said, you know, I I had to admit my kind of folly there and say wow you know what we're actually bringing this back to Fargo and and then I thought you know I said well we might leave after this this might be our last year of Fargo and after a second year I just realized you know what no I fucking love this town I love Fargo and I want to invest there so now you know we're pretty now you know Mystic Con is a Fargo conference but in addition to that we I've you know I've started to invest my kind of ideas and creativity into that town so we launched a public artworks program with the Arts Council where we have a big billboard on the main drag in Fargo that we um, have run a competition quarterly for for uh, up-and-coming artists to submit ideas and then, and then we will, we actually take those ideas and put and somebody, you know, somebody wins, we, we pay a stipend to the, to the winning artist. And then we put their work there to be shown uh, in a, in a main stage way on a massive billboard, which they can never get that exposure on their own. And we, when we kind of underwrite that and, um, and that's, you know, that's something else we did next year, we're going to be opening up a physical event space and, and kind of creative space in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, the misfits are, and and like, and we and we have all these other types of problems. So that's the thing that that I've learned, you know, about me. Yeah. That I actually, yeah, you know what? I I even though I'm a gypsy and I spend three or four weeks in a in a joint, I gotta, I I immediately feel like, all right, gotta go, <laughs> you know, gotta grab my bag and move on. You know, there's there's these places that I've created which are which are outposts and yes, and. Uh, 
one of those outputs being Fargo, another one obviously Lower East Side of Manhattan, um, uh, Stratford-upon-Avon, this place that I'm in right now. And I've started to kind of create these outposts, I call them, in different places that I enjoy and different places that people, you know, that our company enjoys where where, yeah. where the, our whole team, you know, if we want at different points in time, people could travel in our team at these different outposts and we have a place that's a misfit place for people to stay and, and for us to do stuff. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's. Yeah, no, it's a great, yeah, it's a great answer. And so, um, because what you're really speaking about here is that, that, uh, as, as a true creative, you, you sort of stay on the, on the edge of the creative tension all the time. And, uh, rather than, um, jump 10 steps ahead to an attachment to some type of form, um, it's it's like okay, well, you know, the, the creative impulses to hold a conference in Fargo, and it might have had the form in the beginning of of um, you're going to move it around the world, but by just staying on the edge of that, it, it's uh, it's for this point in time anyway, it's staying in Fargo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, and it and it and and I consider myself the best quitter in the world. You know, I, I'm I'm willing to quit an idea or a concept if it's not working anymore, you know, and I don't think, I think, that, you know, some, sometimes we, we almost make this idolatry for going up to the plate and smacking one over the left field wall. And while we all have those moments and there are stories of, but that, that isn't life, you know, life is, I yeah. try something, I have a thesis, I go out to prove yeah. that thesis. And sometimes my thesis is proven wrong. Now I can be an asshole and keep on, marching trying to march head through that wall or i can you know what maybe you know th- th- this is not true and that's okay and yeah. like let's quit this yeah. idea and go on to the idea that that works and 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 aligns with who who i am who who we are as 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 a company and as a troop you know um yeah. so yeah definitely yeah. I loved how you use the word troop. <laughs> so that brings <laughs> back to the <laughs> to the Shakespeare <laughs> question. Oh, indeed. <laughs> and so you you uh, you spent the last uh, summer um, uh, traveling around the United States. Um, so say just say a few words about that, and then we'll sort of close up. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, one one of the, the you know things that we do at Misfit is we do we we have what we call a Ministry of Arts and Culture. So we have partnered with you know, museums and uh, cultural institutions and academic organizations around the world to promote primarily uh, access to art, both performing visual art and classical literature. And we've done that all over the place. This summer, uh, we partnered with the University of Warwick and the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust and on, on a project that was basically it was to document Shakespeare in America. There, there was this, you know, disparity where in the, in the United Kingdom, there are ten, like six to 10 Shakespeare festivals that happen annually. In the United States there, and we, we were the first people to count this and actually to go and record this and document this, there are 263. So okay. even get, when you look at the difference in the population, that still doesn't at all uh, account for this disparity in numbers and why is that and why Shakespeare why today and what what really started out as as kind of an academic investigation into this became unveiling a story of people who produce art in the face of insurmountable odds and believe that art can change the world and that art can change their community and use Shakespeare to do that 
And, and it was fascinating, Christine. It was one of the most fascinating projects I've ever worked on. It's turning into an audio documentary, which is fucking cool, you know, for us, you know, especially for me, like yeah. radio. I'm like, okay. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah, I haven't yeah. listened to radio since 1999. And uh, it's turning into an audio documentary and we're, you know, I, I have an, exhibit, uh, an exhibition of photography that I took on the trip here. But that was a project, again, that was one of those, you know, to bring it back to kind of Misfit, that's, it was something, the first thing that I ever did professionally was Shakespearean theater back in 2002, 2003. Um, yeah. Those are the best days of my life. And then I went bankrupt yeah. doing that because I couldn't, I literally, me and Melissa literally went bankrupt because we could not continue anymore to do that. And that's when we decided to be big boys and girls and, and get real jobs. And, and when I went and sold my, you know, basically, you know, went and, and went into banking and, and into a world yeah. that, that wasn't me and was completely uh, unaligned. So now, you know, when I reemerged from that, Shakespeare, what the first thing I did when I started Misfit Incorporated, the first thing I did was I bought with the last little bit of my money, I bought two one-way tickets, uh, well, got rid of everything we owned, put everything we could keep in our backpacker bags and bought two one-way tickets to England so I could go to Stratford-upon-Avon where Melissa and I lived in a car for four and a half weeks that we had rented on the cheap, but we were right next to the Avon river. And, and that is where I, and here where the town that I'm talking to you from right now is where I sketched the first ideas of what, what were the kernel of what became misfit. Um, right. So that's why, that's yeah. why Shakespeare, people always ask me like, why, why do you do all the Shakespeare? Stuff? I don't get it, you know? And, but uh, misfit, I have a, I have a deep, deep, deep connection to Shakespeare. So, um, yes. so yeah. Very nice. So, so I'm going to ask you, because um, earlier in this conversation, you referred to the letters that you wrote to your younger self, and yeah. uh, and so how you know how they have been an important part of this process. So I'd like to ask you um, uh, if, and it's not actually a letter that you would write to your older self. I'd like to, you know, what would your older self? <laughs> you can hmm. take an age. <laughs> What would your older <laughs> self be telling? Yeah, what would your older self be telling you today? Goodness, um, you know, I think my older self. I hope my older self would tell me the same advice that my uh, eight-five-year-old Cuban grandmother tells me and has told me since since I was a kid, uh, which is "echa palante," and in Spanish and English that means keep moving forward, um, never stop, never relent, not a single solitary inch. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's what, what he'd tell me, I think. All right. All right. That's, that's, that's really nice. And so you have, um, um, you know, there's a, there's a beautiful, uh, consistency. This is why I wanted to ask about the founding sort of principles and qualities that um, we did, um, you were the first person I interviewed um, about 18 months ago, or maybe it was two years, I'm not quite sure, um, but you were the first yeah. person I interviewed, um, and uh, which was really covering your story of, of um, and it creating the misfits. Um, and and I'm hoping that I'll interview you again in a year because part of the 2.23 a.m. project is to interview people each year um, on their 2.23 a.m. moments. And sort of like as a time capture um, over a course wow. of years. 
and so so yeah i um you know i i I can already sense because you are the first person that there's actually been a thread yeah in in, uh, my work of interviewing people and i can really sense the threads that it's moving through um your life and that it's something that i've always been deeply fascinated by is that that thread that sort of um it's speaks louder even in our dream time um, than yeah. sometimes life presents us. And, uh, oh, God, Christine, that is extraordinary. I'm just thinking about it. what a service. If you keep on doing this, I can imagine even, you know, for me, for me or for the people that you interview, what that might look like, you know, even five years down the road, listening to interviews that, that you know, you've given with the same person. I mean, wow, that's extraordinary. Yes. I didn't realize that was part of the, the vision. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad to have you on board. <laughs> and now we know that you really don't read emails. No, no, it's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're on a call at this time with Christine. <laughs> I, I, I just, look, I, when somebody tells me to be on the call with Christine, I don't have to read anything. You know, I don't have to verify oh, anything. Cool. If, if, I, if I get to hang out with you for an hour, why the fuck am I even going to look at anything? I just, I, I'm All just right. happy. That's very sweet. Um, so, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I'm really fascinated by this this uh, this, this thread of um, of your life and and uh, and uh, the consistency of that and and you know it, it's it's um, it's really beautiful to observe and watch. So I uh, I really want to thank, thank you. you for uh, making the time to be with us today and uh, and uh, it will be very exciting to watch. The continuation you're so, of this chapter. <laughs> you're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Christine. I can't. It's a delight as always. It's a pleasure. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. If you want more of 2:23 a.m., then you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or go to the blog of 2:23am.com. That's blog.223am.com, where you'll find articles and interviews featuring stellar guests from around the world, plus tools and resources, and much, much more. Follow 223am on Twitter at twitter.com slash 2 underscore 23am. That's 2 underscore 23am. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash 0223am. Till next time, thank you for listening.